Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. It's your boy B. Cox in the building. Hope you all are enjoying your Labor Day weekend as we celebrate yet another holiday. And for this Labor Day, we have a treat for a new episode of The Vault. It is a bonus segment, a bonus segment that we like to call Tale of the Tape. Now, for those of you not familiar with the Tale of the Tape segment, it's when we take two artists or two groups, take their catalogs and match them up against each other in a boxing scoring format, meaning we take each album from each artist and put them up against each other. First album versus first album, second versus second, third versus third, and so on. Our very first tale of the tape occurred earlier this year. We actually did one between Outcast versus A Tribe Called Quest, one of the more popular episodes that we had, and we did that as a live show back in April. And in this edition of Tale of the Tape, we are pitting Nas versus Jay-Z. Yes, the matchup that everybody wants to see, hear about, and debate. One of the hottest contested debates over the last two decades between these two MCs. So I got together with our boys, J.O., and Damo, and we sat down and we got this together. We went ahead and looked at the 13 albums that Nas and Jay-Z both had, 13 for 13, did it over 13 rounds, scored the matchups, and then came up with our totals. Now, we had quite a time debating this, so what we went ahead and did is we did all 13 rounds. What you are hearing today is part one of Tale of the Tape with Nas versus Jay-Z. You are going to hear rounds one through six today, We're breaking this up into two parts because we had such a long conversation. We didn't want to leave everything out, yet we didn't want your ears to get fatigued listening to it for so long. So coming up now, what you are about to hear is part one of Tale of the Tape, a bonus episode for the Vault Classic Music Reviews, rounds one through six, Nas versus Jay-Z. And here's how it went down. And what we have now here on this Labor Day weekend, giving you a treat, is another edition of Tale of the Tape. And gentlemen, what we have here today is literally the rap version of Civil War. (laughs) Talking about the Marvel movie Civil War, we have (laughs) the matchup that so many people have wanted to see, and that is probably one of the hottest contested debates of the last 20 years. In this edition of Tale of the Tape, we have two rap titans, two of the best of all time, and two artists that have definitely had one of the most interesting storylines when it comes to each other. I'm talking none other than out of the red corner, Queensbridge, New York. We have Nasir Jones, better known as Nas, better known as Nasty Nas, better known as Escobar, better known as God's son. In the blue corner, fighting out of Marcy Projects in Brooklyn, we have Sean Carter. Better known as Jay-Z, better known as Jigga, better known as Hova. I don't know if I'm missing any other better known as the God. <laughs> better known as the God. God MC. Right. All of that, which I don't think he gets to call himself God MC because there's only one God MC and that's Rakim. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> that's just my opinion. So there we have it. Tale of the tape. Nas, Nas versus Jay-Z. Guys, this is something that we have had a debate on this ever since 
literally since the year 2000. And ever since they ever since they had their epic beef in the early 2000s, starting in 2000, really, which started on the Bravehearts, excuse me, the Queensbridge Finest album, which stretched into Blueprint and then stretched into Stillmatic, which carried on all the way into 2005 when they finally stopped their beef with each other and reconciled. Jay then signed Nas to Def Jam after he was not re-signed by Columbia, released a couple of albums under Def Jam, and since then have remained friends, but still competitors. <laughs> now, we talked about Dang. this. Well, and- hey, B, hey, B, hey, B, let me stop you. I was listening to my Hard Knock Life Volume 2. No, it started there. Jay threw shot and one of the songs on there. And I was like, oh, and back then, I don't think we noticed it. Because we just listen to the lyrics and we don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? When we get older and then you know the backstory and you hear something I'm like, hold on, I went back, listen to the song, I said, Oh, this nigga was talking about Nas. And then on the next when you you had the round set up, Nas replied. But back then we was too young to not even know no better until it was evident that it was me. Yeah. You know, some people say that hate me now that Jay was throwing some subliminals at Jay-Z. Like a lot of people think that he was talking primarily to uh, to Cormega. I took it as though he was talking to Cormega on hate me now, especially because the mm-hmm. lyrics was in there. But I think that he was sort of maybe throwing some subs at Jay-Z. But I think for sure we knew that the beef ratcheted up between them definitely in 2000, heading into 2001. And it was made no no less obvious on TakeOver when we finally realized that Jay was coming at Nas. Now, people don't know that the H to the M-O, what Nas said, which was the freestyle that he did, that was definitely taking a shot at Jay-Z, but the majority of people didn't know about that. By the time TakeOver came out, we knew Jay was coming at Nas because he had a whole verse dedicated to him. And then Nas came out with Ether. And that was it. That's the only thing I think I need to say about that. And despite... Yeah, yeah. And now, despite all the things that people will say about takeover versus ether that they said that is facts versus insults. I don't necessarily think I buy into that because Jay was insulting Nas on that and on takeover and Nas was definitely spitting some facts on ether that people don't want to (laughs) recognize. I mean, that was true Mm -hmm. at that particular time. Some of the things that people don't want to necessarily, okay, the line that Eminem murdered you on your own shit. Like people have revisionist history People are now saying, oh, Jay ain't really for real. Like the hot take now was that Jay ain't really get murdered by Eminem on his own track. Did Jay do better than people think he did? Yes, I think he did better than people think he did. But like, come on, let's be honest about this. M did murder that nigga on that track. Like he did. Now, another other true fact on there, too, is that while we no no one will ever say that Beanie Siegel is better than Jay-Z. But the line when he said compared to Beans, you whack had some truth in it in this respect. We all know that there were a few times when Beans got on the track with Jay-Z when he got him. Like, we, we all can understand that, right? Like, we do know this. Like, Beans got on a track with Jay and definitely got him on a few of those tracks. And on of one of those albums in particular that we'll talk about, he definitely got Jay on a few of those tracks. So, while it was 100% it might have, it might have been, true... Go ahead. It might have been every time. It yeah. might have been every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be it polite, Damo. Yeah. Cause, cause it might have been every time. Because every it seemed like the it ratcheted up whenever Beans jumped on. It was like, ooh, your yeah. face turned even. Whoa, shit, no. Ooh. 
Yeah, he might have got. Matter of fact, motherfucker started thinking that Beans was writing for Jay. Yeah, yeah, the, I remember hearing. I remember, some, that was, I remember that was a rumor. Yeah, I, I remember hearing some of that too. But the, mm-hmm. the, but there were some. The whole thing about Takeover versus Ether. I mean, shoot, the people mm. spoke. The people thought Ether was a better diss track than Takeover. There were other diss tracks after that. You know, there was the the track on on Blueprint Two that Jay did. There was also Super Ugly, but then Jay, I, th- I mean, Nas, I think, pretty much ended the majority of it when he did Last Real Nigga Alive. And I think that's the one track out of all of them that I think that Nas pretty much went for Jay's neck and didn't necessarily behead him with the guillotine, but he came up behind him <laughs> with the knife to his neck and just slyly slit that joint and let him bleed out. <laughs> because I think after that track, I don't think Jay after that was like, all right, it's time to move on to other things. And then eventually they made up. Now, some of the talk coming out, especially in these, this last album that Nas put out, which was King's Disease, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, people noticed that after a certain time, Jay has released music almost at around the same time that Nas has released music. Same, <laughs> and, same day, yeah, next day. Same day, the next week, right around the same time period, same month. It's been the next day. or the Yeah, it's been the next day or the same day every time. Yeah, Nas has talked about that on his breakfast club interview he did when they were like yo you don't you think it's crazy jay has released music around you he's like yo you think it's something to that and Nas was just like nah i just i just think it's a big coincidence but i don't think he really believes that shit though like i don't you're just trying to play it civil (laughs) yeah i mean because he don't want to bring nothing else up at this point in their career they both submitted themselves to god level god mc level status they both sort of have established themselves as in top tier of the best rappers of all time and they both getting money now. Now, Jay's money, I mean, Nas's money is not where Jay's money at right now, but he's finally starting to get there to the point where he's getting into wealth and not just being rich. It's a lot of different ways you can take it. But nonetheless, we have our tail of the tape. So enough talking about the background. We all know the background. You listening to hip hop, you know the background between Nas and Jay-Z. And there's some parallels when we talk about albums that came out, namely, between Reasonable Doubt came out a week before it was written, was came out. I'll talk about when we get into round three the impact of an album that didn't actually make it to the streets well, made its way to the streets, but didn't make its way into stores and how this impacted this matchup. So we'll get into that. So here we are. Tale of the tape. You got it. You know what it is. Nas and Jay-Z. So now we're going to go into round one and round one is probably, I would definitely say you both agree with me. The hardest round to score. I think it's the hardest round to score when it comes to any one of these matchups, because in my opinion, it's the best album that either one of them have put out. My opinion. Now, other people may say otherwise, but I think this is the best album that they both put up. So in round one, what do we have? We have Nas, Illmatic, and we have Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. On the list of greatest hip hop albums of all time, you'll find these at or near the top where they need to be. So particulars about each album. Illmatic released April 19th, 1994. Runtime of 39 minutes and 51 seconds. You know the producers that were on there. Premier, Pete Rock, Large Professor, Q-Tip, LES, MC Search. You know the accolades of Illmatic released on Columbia Records. Reasonable Doubt came out on Rockefeller Records June 25th, 1996. You know the producers on there as well. Clark Kent, Premier, Irv Gotti, Ski, Nobody. I mean, you know the producers on here. 
it's <laughs> if you're a hip hop fan, you know the particulars of both of these albums. Mm-hmm. This is the opening round. Now, I don't know if you can talk about, I would have to say probably Hagler and Hearns, where you talk about early action in a boxing match to see how wild things can get. This, to me, is the equivalent of the start of Hagler and Hearns, this matchup here with round one. So Illmatic versus Reasonable Doubt, round one. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to start with you, Jay, and we're going to get how you scored this round and then give us an analysis slightly of how you scored this round and why. So round one, Illmatic versus Reasonable Doubt. What do you have? I basically had Nas winning that one. And basically the way I scored it was like, you know, the themes of the album, like, and basically just like that gritty New York hip hop that at the time, you know, really wasn't, I almost say it was prevalent was, or was actually just coming back into relevance. Because you got to think like 94, that was like when the West Coast was still running the scene. So like, you know, even ahead of Biggie, Nas really was like, instrumental as far as they like bringing that attention back to the east coast mm-hmm. and then you know with lyricism i mean brian i'm pretty sure you remember damo like you know one of the things that people kept saying about nas like he was like the second coming of rock him back to your point as far as being a god mm-hmm. mc mm-hmm. production i mean i mean just my god like you you, <laughs> you had like all the heavyweights on there you feel me mm-hmm. um the commercial success i mean I don't know if we're going to look at um, as I don't know if it's going to be the same as far as like critical acclaim, but like I would say it was a commercially, commercially successful album in the sense that, you know, it basically garnered all this attention. It really put Nas on the path to be cemented as a incredible MC. And as far as the original content, I mean, especially like bars, I mean, you think about, I mean, some of the drinks even like just staying out to me now, like, you know, and people have also quoted like, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. And then, Y'all niggas is born. I shot my way out. My mom, Dukes, like those type of bars, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I mean, really set the stage for, like, you know, other artists to come. Even, I would even say, all, all the way to like a Eminem, as far as his shock value was like stuff. I'm pretty sure Eminem heard that and was like, you know, was inspired by that and, you know, to make his material. But then, let me see, as far as original content, yeah, I would say it's all original. I mean, of course, I'm not talking about samples or anything like that, but, um, and just going through the list here, as far as like, I mean, definitely has replay replayability and then the production was, Top notch, and as far as mediocre tracks of drinks that was skipped, I mean, I really felt it wasn't skippable. I mean, it was only like 10 songs in there, but all of them, you know, in one way or another hit. So that's why I had to write Illmatic of Reasonable Doubt. Not saying that Reasonable Doubt wasn't dope, but going by that criteria, I had to give it to Nas on that one. Okay. It's a fair assessment. Sodamo, round one, how did you score it and why? Man, I feel like I feel like J. Cole when he came out. I feel like I let Nas down. Mm. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, explain. Your, first of all, how did you score it? Well, first of all, we know how I scored it. So that's why I really didn't even like Jay-Z because of this beat for a long time. Mm. So... Even though I felt like Reasonable Doubt was a classic, I gave it to Illmatic because, you know, Nas is my favorite, so we're going to pick favorite. But then, around the same time that the beat got squashed, around the same time, I said, oh, let me listen to Jay Moore. So going back, which I always, Reasonable Doubt get played regularly, just like Illmatic, those are those are votes and probably will always be in NBTC forever. Those we keep letting the youngins know about them albums right there. Those are classics. Mm-hmm. I scored it 10-9, Jay. Mm. So. And both of them, lyrics, top notch. You, you can't take, 
you ain't gonna take lyrics from either one. I'm gonna say, oh, that, you know, his lyrics were trash. That's why I scored. It, it was hard. I could have just threw a dart at the board, but I don't know. I felt going back, I just reasonable doubt spoke to me more. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? They spoke to me more than Illmatic did. I love Illmatic, and you said Illmatic is your face. You feel like this is quite, and then I kind of feel like it was written was probably better than Illmatic mm-hmm. as a whole body of words. So I went ten nine reasonable doubt. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? I don't know if I can. I can't really argue with you on that because to me, I think that when you're talking about best rap albums of all time, they're in the same category, right near the same positions, at least for me. So I scored the round 10-9 as well for Nas. These are two of the best rap albums of all time. As a matter of fact, if you're talking about top 20, these are in your top 20. These are arguably probably in your top 10 of all time rap albums. And this is just for me speaking from my frame of reference. I know there's some older heads that will bring up some older classics. But to me, when I talk about top 10 rap albums of all time, these are both in my top 10. Illmatic goes without saying. The production on there, it's ridiculous the producers that produced on there. And there was only one famous guest appearance like he said on <laughs> on got yourself a gun my debut album only had one guest appearance <laughs> that was it oh, crap. you know and, yeah. and and so to me the impact is really what i went with it i love dead presidents i think overall i think i've probably played these two albums are probably in my top five played albums of all time as far as the times that i've played them I had this Reasonable Doubt album and I thought it was a classic before anybody else did in my circle of friends. <laughs> I really did. I thought it was a classic back in 96, which I know was forbidden because we're saying you got to let albums breathe. I thought it was a classic back then. Both of these albums are stacked top to bottom. The work on here in particular by Primo on both albums and then the work by Clark Kent and also by Ski. And Ski to me, what I think is making made one of the best rap rap beats of all time with the way that he took Lonnie Liston Smith Gardens of Peace and flipped that for Dead Presidents and also taking Nas' sample from, <laughs> from The World Is Yours for Dead Presidents Part 2. And then giving Jay-Z ammo for Takeover. Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> and um, But to me, I think when I talk about the difference for this between the two, there's only one track on Dead Presidents I think is the reason why I give Illmatic the nod. And that's track number nine on Reasonable Doubt. It's Ain't No Nigga. And that was a big song for Jay-Z. But if we want to talk about the worst songs on the album, that's probably the worst song on that album. Nas doesn't have an equivalent to that on Illmatic. So when you're talking about head-to-head matchup, if I have to ding a point for Reasonable Doubt, it's for that track. And it's a good track. I mean, it's tend to be a classic track, some people in some respects, but I think it's the worst track on that album. I think a lot of people would agree with that. So because of that, I scored the round. Round one, 10-9 for Nas. So round one, I scored a 10-9. Jay has Jay scored a 10-9. Damo has scored a 10-9 for reasonable doubt. Me and Jay for Nas. So that's round number one. Interesting. Nothing you can really debate with there. So now we get into round two. Round number two, we have Nas's, it was written, and Jay-Z's, in my lifetime, volume one. 
So particulars about each album. Nas, it was written, released July 2nd, 1996. Runtime of 58 minutes and 29 seconds. The producers on this album, you had primarily produced by Trackmasters, also produced by L.E.S., The Live Squad, Rashad Smith, Dr. Dre, and also Primo, that was released in 96, a week after Reasonable Doubt came out. For In My Lifetime, was released November 4th, 1997, runtime of 58 minutes. The producers on this, you had Jazzo, you had Primo, Buckwild, D-Dot, Poke and Tone, Teddy Riley. You also had Stevie J, and then Diddy did some production on this as well. So these were the second albums for each one of these, uh, these artists, and that's pretty much where we stand out. So it was written versus In My Lifetime, Volume 1. This, to me, is where I think the conversation gets a little bit interesting. So we're going to go around and get the scorecards for round number two. So I'll start with you now, actually, Damo. Round number two, it was written versus In My Lifetime, Volume 1. How did you score it and why? Um, I think really mine is, I scored all mine the same on the body of the work, the whole album. Listening to it, the conciseness of the album. We ain't going to go with, like, Larry's going to have to be taken out. He's a... These are two punches right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These are two punches. So we can't, so you know what? He, lyrically, he was trash. But everybody's going to get a, you're going to get a good line. Yeah, there, the stands out. But I'm listening for the whole body of work. I went 10 9. It was possibly, it was thinking 10 8. Nah. Mm-hmm. But I went 10 9. I felt like, and of course, you know, I feel like, you know, it was written with a classic album. I don't think in my lifetime. Is a classic album. Mm. It's all right. And it almost got that nigga dropped, but, you know, <laughs> here and there. <laughs> but, okay. nah, it, it was written as a classic album to me. You know what I'm saying? It's another one that goes right there that you got to listen to. Yeah. Okay. So, 10 9 for Nas and round number two. Jay, how did you score round number two? With it was written versus In My Lifetime, volume one. Yeah, so I mean, actually, I um, mean, I did ten seven, but I'm in favor of Nas mm. and ten seven yeah, round. Ten seven. Wow. Okay. All right. So God explain. Damn. <laughs> All right. So explain. Explain. It was good, but I'm not gonna put it up there as a classic. Definitely not on the same conversation as Illmatic, but like, I guess like with you, Dom, like looking at the complete body of work, it was written. I mean, in my opinion, it was kind of like a little bit too eager to like to try to like play to both audiences as far as like the underground, and then like you had the more Polish track masters dreams like if I ruled I think I think they did if I ruled the world I mean which was if dope I, if but I like, the world was on mm-hmm. yeah and then like you know but um the thing that gave it was written the edge over me well let me talk about why I picked it over in my lifetime because I felt like in my lifetime it like was kind of trying to like bite off the whole Biggie bad boy thing like with the whole that whole Jiggy era and the shiny mm-hmm. suits and like you know that <laughs> you know what I mean like that's that, why that I whole, said 10 eight yeah yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like that's why that's why I ranked it there. And I mean, in my lifetime, I had a couple of drinks I rock with off the like the, like the drink where I'm from. And I mean, y'all mm-hmm. might look at me crazy, but I actually, I actually like the um, the production of the joint Sunshine. Like even mm-hmm. though the video looked crazy as hell, but um, <laughs> but yeah, back it was written. I mean, like I gave it. I mean, I, I ranked that because Nas probably had like one of the best like concept songs ever made in my opinion, which was "I Gave You Power." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and going back to the year of 96, I mean, that's pretty much where Pac got the concept of me and my girlfriend from was I Gave You Power. That was actually confirmed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, 
along with that, and trying to think what else on that. It was written during the message I was rocking with. Follow him and Drake. What else? Um, affirmative action, even on that damn drug equation that Fox Hickman did, did not add up. Because I remember like <laughs> listening to him back in the day and like trying to do the math and like, hold up, grab to the other 16 grams. Like, I'm a, you, you would think I was in the damn drug deal or some shit. Like, trying right. to figure shit like, out. Like, hold up, nah, nigga, this shit ain't adding up. <laughs> like, hold up, clack, wait, where my other shit at? Right. So along with those joints standing out, there was just like, and I can't even call the name of them right this second, but like it was other joints and I felt it could have been left on the cutting room floor. But like those joints I named were just so good. It just gave the overall edge over in my lifetime. So mm-hmm. that's why, I, yeah, that's why. You, I didn't, didn't, give that right you didn't give him an edge. You got Jay getting slaughtered in that round. Yeah, he got Jay getting knocked, <laughs> he got Jay getting knocked down twice in that round. Down twice. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, but hey, you know what? I, I agree with him, though. So let me preface this by saying I think one of the biggest lies that we were told over the last 20, 20 plus years is that in the beginning when it first came out, the people were saying that it was written was not a classic. But I think now as time has gone on, people realize and I realize that it's a classic album to me. Now, in this matchup between it was written and in my lifetime, I'm going to mirror sort of like what Jay said, and I scored it as a 10-8 round. And I scored it as a 10-8 oh, round. Yeah, I scored it as a 10-8 round because to me, it was written, while I don't think necessarily in particular, lyrically, was he better than he was on Illmatic? Not, no, but I do think he did switch the style up, but it was still Nas, and it was still exceptionally lyrically. But then production-wise, a lot of people had a lot of criticism about the track masters, but I thought there were some great work on here by Dre, by Havoc, you know, um, also by Rashad Smith. On In My Lifetime, I do agree with you, Jay. I felt like Jay sort of went a little bit for that Jiggy era. Now, there are some great songs mm-hmm. on In My Lifetime. You know, yeah. there's the intro, A Million and One Questions, Rhyme No More, which was done by Primo. You know, the imaginary player, Streets is Watching, Friend of Foe 98, you know, Who You With. All that, like, yo, where I'm from, you must love me. All that stuff was all like, you know, but then you get to the, to me, which I think were the lowlights on here, which was, I know what girls like and sunshine. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and it was just like, yo, what the fuck is Jay? I remember when listening to this back in 97, like, what the fuck is Jay doing? Like, I didn't get this shit for this. Where the fuck is this shit that we saw reasonable <laughs> doubt? Why change the formula? So because I think it was written with such an exceptional album and because we're doing this is the matchup, I scored it as a 10-8 round for, for Nas and for it was written. Before we start, I looked at the damn, I could have scored that with 10-8. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, you still had them winning the round, but some people are going to vary. Obviously, yeah. we varied. You mm-hmm. did 10-9. I did 10-8. Jay did 10-7. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Right before we started, I said, you know what? I should have went 10-8 with that one. Yeah. So. All right, so round number two, I scored at 10-8, Damo scored at 10-9, Jay scored at 10-7, all in favor of Nas. So <laughs> now we get into round three. Buckle up, boys and girls, because it's going to get a lot more interesting from here on out. <laughs> so in round number three, we move from this to I Am versus Nas versus Hard Knock Life volume number two by Jay-Z. So the particulars of each album. I Am With Nas, released April 6, 1999. Runtime of 64 minutes and 54 seconds. Produ- production by LES, by Premier, by Trackmasters, by Timberland, by Dame Grease, Nashi Myrick, and then also 6 July. 
the production on Hard Knock Life, uh, released September 29th, 1998, runtime of 61 minutes and 43 seconds, production by Irv Gotti, by Jermaine Dupree, by the Mark the 45 King, DJ Premier, Eric Sermon, Stevie J, Swiss Beats, Timberland, and uh, that was, again, released in 1998. So here we are, round number three, I Am versus Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, guys. So let's get into how we scored it. I'll start this time with you, uh, Jay. How did you score this round number three between I Am and Hard Knock Life, and why? I actually did 10-9, and I, actually I did this one in favor of Jay-Z. Mm. And like, <laughs> And I'm going to tell you why, because, like, basically with um, I Am, again, it was, and I felt it was a step up, and it was written. You know what I'm saying? That drain definitely had mm-hmm. bangers on that I rock with, like, you know, um, like probably one of my favorite beats, New York State of Mind too, just because like how dark that drink got, and, like how vivid he got with the story, like you know with everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still felt there was still that attempt at commercial appeal. And one of the things that kind of appealed to me with Nas, like honestly, and I guess since Ilmac was like not caring about that, but then it seems like there was an attempt made by that, at least as far as how I viewed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I put Hard Knock Life over that, basically because that album to me marked Jay Z kind of coming to his senses. You know what I mean? Like as far as getting off of that jiggy vibe and then finding that place between like, you know, that middle ground, like stuff, you know, it's going to bang on the streets and bang in the clubs. And then like, you know, even the joints that didn't necessarily like get radio play. I mean, yeah, like the hard knock life joint. You know I'm saying Cause that was like one of the most vicious samples I ever heard in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And like nigga, what nigga who? And I would give that off the strength of jazz. Oh, cause like I stayed like trying to recite that his whole bar, like, you know, yeah. his whole verse on the joint back in the day. Yeah. Um, Money cash hoes and all like that, but then I drain them. If I should die, don't cry, my niggas. Just rob my, my niggas, niggas, bust bullets in the sky, sky my, my niggas. niggas. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, and just thinking how he was talking about big on that drain, and yeah, I mean, he just it just seemed like he kind of like just I don't, I don't know who might have like talked some sense into him as far as like saying like this is how you need to bring it for the streets and like this is how it should go, you know. And and another thing as far as like nigga what nigga who like him kind of even reverting back to his old sound, you know, like the, he, he was on between like everything after. Hawaiian Sophie, but before Reasonable Doubt, that fast rapping, that rapid fire staccato flow, which he brought on that drain. So yeah. he just he was just able just to blend it all perfectly. So that's why I had to give I had to give it to Jay Z. All right, so you scored ten nine for Jay Z round number three. Damo, mm-hmm. how did you score the round between I Am and Volume Two Hard Knock Life, and why? I scored it ten nine now. Mm. You know my criteria. Mm. My criteria is still the same. Well, this round three, right? Yeah, yeah ten nine now. now. I scored it ten nine. I still felt like it was a better album. I am was a better album than Hard Knock Life. You know he had a you know Hard Knock Life had a couple of had some radio smashes on there, of course, over than than I am did. But you know, if you listen to the whole album, the whole album just went better. I am to me than Hard Knock Life. So I went ten nine nine. Okay. Shit, yeah, we lucky we doing it. We lucky we doing this now because I was all nods by it. This shit would have been ten eight all the way down. Yeah. I'd have been one of them judges. Like, how the hell he scored that shit today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, he, and he got knocked. And he got knocked down, and he still gave it to him today. Right. But yeah, listening to it now, I I, I see ten nine nods. Okay. This album. This album. Yeah. Okay. So I actually scored this round, round number three, 10-9 for Jay. Hard Knock Life over I Am. So let me again also preface this. This I Am was not the I Am that was supposed to have come out. And I don't know if you guys are privy to what happened with I Am, but the original I Am was supposed to have been a double disc. 
uh, it was supposed to include so many of the different tracks that showed up. Well, some of them on this I Am album, but then some of the other ones that showed up that eventually were on, some of them on Nostradamus, and then the majority of what was on Lost Tapes. If I ever show you guys that track list, this is why this was a game changer. If that double disc I Am came out, I think we wouldn't even be having this conversation as far as, or the conversation wouldn't even been in play in regards to who was better. Because the track listing for that track, it would have been like, bam, in my opinion, Nas would have released three straight classics right out of the gate. And then it wouldn't even been a conversation about who was better between Nas and Jay at that particular time, because it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a conversation, at least in my opinion. Now, be that what it was, because the album got leaked and it got bootlegged, the record company had to change things up. And there were some decisions made on tracks that needed to be recorded, not just for this one, but Nas's next album that were things that I didn't necessarily agree with. So, I'll say this on volume two. I agree with you, Jay. That's where I think Jay sort of came to his senses. He started to get into that balance of stuff for the street and then also stuff for the club. There are some great tracks on there. Hard knock life. Like you said, one of the best damn samples being flipped into an actual song. That is something that endures till today. Nigga, what nigga who money cash hoes the coming of age sequel with Memphis bleak, which I think is one of the best songs the two of them have done together. It's right up there with the original for me. You know, Paper Chase, you know, the whole thing about, you know, If I Should Die, Reservoir Dogs with Locks, Beanie Siegel, and Sauce Money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's All Right, which was another one, another standout track between Bleak and, and, and them, and then Money Ain't a Thing. While it was a commercial track, I think it was a cool track between him and JD. This is actually Jay's best-selling album. This has sold the most records out of any other Jay-Z album out there which is crazy because you would think it would probably be some other album, right? But no, this one is. As far as I Am is concerned, I thought that it was um, it was good, but there were some missteps on here to me. To me, I didn't necessarily care about the joint with Leah. You won't see me tonight. I didn't necessarily care for uh, Money Is My Bitch. <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily care for even the K-I-S-S-I-N-G, which took the R. Kelly joint for when a woman's fed up. Mm-hmm. It's There were a few missteps on this for me. There were some great tracks. I love, like you said, Jay, love that remake of New York, New York State of Mind, the way that that beat, definitely how Primo took almost the that same beat, but then just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, the favor for a favor with Scarface. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know, the life is what you make it featuring DMX. You know, I want to talk to you, ghetto prisoners, like oh, like things that were really great. But I think that it just fell short. So because of this was the album that Jay really started to find the balance between for the streets and for commercially. And because I think he took that step back up for me, in my opinion, from volume one, I score this a 10-9 round for Jay in round number three. So I scored a 10-9 in favor for Jay. Uh, as did uh, Jay, and then Damo scores at 10-9 for Nas. So (laughs) that's round number three. Into round number four. And round number four, Mm -hmm. we have for Nas, Nostradamus, and for Jay, volume three, Life and Times of Sean Carter, volume three. Particulars of each album, Nostradamus was released November 23rd, 1999. Runtime is 62 minutes and 43 seconds. 
produced by LES, by Havoc, by Primo, by Timberland, and also by Rich Nice and Dame Grease. Volume number three was released December 28th, 1999. Runtime of 71 minutes and five seconds. Produced by Primo, by Lil Rob, by Rottweiler, by Timberland, by Swiss Beats, by Lance Un Rivera, which is ironic, the fact that he did production on this. Um, by Irv Gotti. <laughs> so there was a lot of production on here, you know, that this was really Jay-Z's last album for me before he did the transition. Now we're going to go into how you scored it. So I'll go and start with you, Damo. How did you score round number four with Nostradamus versus volume three, Life and Times of Sean Carter? Why, how did you score it and why? Turn on, Jay. Okay. And why? This is actually one of my favorite albums in Jay-Z. Lifetime of Sean Carter, Volume 3. Um, I like the whole album, for real. It's, it ain't too many songs that will hit that. I, I skipped through the good body of work. They did good on this one. He definitely, he knew, you could tell that now he know who he, in this album, you know who he, he know who he is. It's like, he, com- he comfortable now. And then, I don't know what the fuck Nas is doing with Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I probably was biased for real. I probably could have scored this motherfucker ten eight, but you know my, you know I still got my love for my guy. So you know, mm. got gotcha. you ten nine. Ten nine. Okay. Yeah, I scored a ten nine, Jay. All right, so Jay, what say you? What did you? How did you score round number four, Nostradamus versus Volume Three, and why? Okay, since I'm about to be the asshole again, um, yeah, ten seven in favor of Jay Z. Mm. <laughs> God damn. This nigga Jay don't play. Yeah. God damn, in this match Jay. Up, in this matchup, God I'm sorry. Damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> not that I really need to piggyback off Dom, but, like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, Nostradamus is one that just could have been completely left on the cutting room floor. Yes. So I don't know if, like, so I don't honestly I don't know if he was trying to like pull a DMX in that sense. No, well, because I'm pretty yeah because um I am came out ninety nine I believe this came out ninety nine if I'm not mistaken yeah this came out ninety nine so like he wasn't able to create that same spark as far as DMX as far as like having two bangers in one year like this so I do remember the singles I mean even the joint nasty nasty Esco Nostradamus I mean that joint man <laughs> like, um, hot trash yeah so <laughs> I mean like. That and then the dream was that you a big girl now. I mean, I know a bracket of girls are like the dream, but that's not some dream that you know the homies want to sit around and listen to. Not to say it's all based on that, but even for a dream like aimed at like the female audience, that dream just didn't really seem all that great to me. You know what I'm saying? So, but then to compare it up against Life of Times of Sean Carter Volume Three, like just the intro, and then I mean, yeah, in the dream, you know what, again, which I could even ding. You know, DC being a go-go fan that he bit from Ray Assens, you know what I'm saying? That whole St. 12 a.m. or yeah. club, that mm-hmm. whole, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But then, um, probably one of my favorite drinks off the album, um, it's hot. Some like it hot just for the, just for the fact that saying that beat is just so basic. Yeah. But Timberland just like sights it to where, you know, those claps, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> clap, like that clap behind that snare and like, you know what I mean? You just, <laughs> and then, um, the journey, the journey did with, um, the Jane did with Mariah Carey, that Swiss beat style production where like the beat kind of like sings along with the whoever is singing the hook. Mm-hmm. It's the things that you that joint like yeah. and um yeah, big pimping. Yeah. And then uh 
And I don't even know people like rock with this joint, but like that joint on there, there's been a murder. Like, yeah, just the energy of that beat is just, yes, sir, just like dope to me. But like, um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I could just stop right there. I mean, but up against Nostradamus, yeah, this is like light years better. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, let I me mean, come back. The re the reason why I went ten nine was because of the Come Get Me song mm. and on Nostradamus, where I know he's talking to Jay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> come get me. What the fuck you say, girly mouth? When your girl say my name, you give him the side eye. I said, Hold on, I know who you talking about, nigga. <laughs> yeah, you're talking oh, oh, nice. yeah. So the Oz was talking to Jay. I said, Oh, so but then you know you got the jump with with Marv Deep on there, and you got a couple of other cuts on there that I like. The whole album, you know, I went the album, the whole album. You had them jokes that you could have thrown away, but yeah, that's why I went ten nine. That's why I didn't kill it the way you killed it, Jay. No, nah, like, and I just thought Damn, about something else. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, like. I, I guess like it could be you know I said I killed the train but like and I guess like the thing like if because remember like you know that was 99 because like I, would, I remember I was up at Lincoln University and like you know like back during that time like people would get like the bootleg drink like the ones that like had tracks mm-hmm. that were left off the album yeah. If, yeah. They, if they would have put the joint anything which was somehow ended up on Beanie Siegel's album you know it was like a Oliver Twist or whatever mm-hmm. kind of sample if they would have put that on mm-hmm. there and is that your bitch on there where it was just him and Twist just murdering that track oh. I'd yeah. probably just get you like a 10 3 or something, bro. Like, for real. He's at 10 3. Hey, that's wild, man. Yeah. Dude, it's like, because one, I mean, again, it was it was a throwback to Jay Z's old rapper style that Twister just came in and just like nuclear bomb obliterated that joint. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I said your chick. Yeah, I remember that joint. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, I scored this joint 10 8 for, for Jay for volume three. And let me say this: This is a great, a good album by Jay. Like I said, it's a it's a good album. It has some great tracks on there. A good mix of production on "Life and Times" of Sean Carter. Like you said, great joints with. For me, I love "So Ghetto." That beat by Primo, you know that Rockwiler joint. For, that Rockwiler joint for "Do It Again." Dope Man, which is one of my favorite Jay Z songs. I think yeah. because of that 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 oh man that goodness. Like the the narrative about the cover, the court case, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's hot, like you said, produced by Timberland. Those claps, you know, big pimping. The watch me featuring Dre. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. lot of like I said, he really kind of settled in, Domo, like you said, to who he was. Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is a part of the I am double disc that was scrapped that got put out. So the label decided to put out a reverse, a revised version of I am, then decided to drop Nostradamus. A few months after I Am came out. So on this on some of the tracks that were supposed to be on the original I Am, but altogether this album, which what did you say during last week's Damo? That shit that had me crying laughing, hot, soft baby shit. That's what this album oh, is baby. to me. This joint is soft baby shit. Talking about some wrap the diaper up in a plastic bag, then put it in a bag, then wrap it up and put it in the trash can the night before the trash is supposed to go out. Not the morning, but the night before. But that's how bad the diaper smells with soft baby shit. There are some good material. There are some good (laughs) tracks on this album. (laughs) I loved Project Windows. I loved, you know, uh, Last Words. I love the family joint with Mob Deep, but there are some tracks on here that I'm just like, God damn it, Nas. And I'm with you, Dom. I'm a Nas fan. 
So when this album came out, I was just like, yo, I can't believe this nigga put this some shit out like this. Yeah, that's that's what I remember that feeling when I heard. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I remember talking to you about this, Damo, when we were in school and we came when this joint came out. I remember when I came to you and you was like, yo, what you think? I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> and, and before and before Dan Chappelle made it with the thumbs down, we did that in high school. Yeah. We would tap you yeah. and give you the thumbs down if you did yeah. And I remember giving you the look like, yeah. Just join thumbs down. Go yeah. ahead and do it. Thumbs down. thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that and because of this matchup, it's not well. Volume three is a, a good album. It's even a very good album. But this is a terrible. I might even say this is one of the two worst albums that Nas has put out. It is, which is saying something. So I scored this ten eight. So I scored a ten eight for Jay. You scored a ten nine for Jay Damo, and Jay scored it ten seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fight's starting to get they interesting, guys. All right. So now we're going into round number five. So in round number five, we have Stillmatic for Nas. And we have in round number five is the Dynasty Rock La Familia album for Jay. Okay. So particulars about Stillmatic released December 18, 2001. Runtime of 56 minutes and 34 seconds. Producers on here. You had, uh, of course, Ron Browse. Salam Remy, Track Masters, Large Professor, LES, Primo, Chucky Thompson. You know, these are the people that produce for Stillmatic. <laughs> for Dynasty Rock La Familia, released October 31st, 2000. One of the albums we're going to be reviewing this year. Runtime of 66 minutes and 35 seconds. Produced, of course, on here. This is where Jay really took a turn. Producers on here, Just Blaze, Neptunes, Rick Rock, Rockweiler, and at that time, a guy from Chicago that nobody knew, Kanye West. So, yeah. So, so this is yeah. So this is where uh, this is where we're at. So round number five, Stillmatic versus the Dynasty Rock La Familia. So I'll go ahead and start with you, Jay. How did you start or score round number five and why? I gave it to Stillmatic. And due to Jay um, apparently not finding himself again, did 10 7 for Nas on this one. Damn. God damn. 10-7 round. So, so why? Note, you might want to leave me off the, me off the <laughs> show where y'all review the Rock Life Familiar joint. All right, so why? Why did you give this 10-7 to Stillmatic? I mean, because Stillmatic, I mean, oh. impact-wise, like, you know, this is like, my, this joint had the joint ETH on there, but then also with that, you know, it kind of like, I mean, it kind of like lit a fire on the Nas as far as like, you know, let me get back to my senses, you know, I mean, especially since TakeOver was so venomous mm-hmm. and then, you know, just like the concept, um, just like the overall tracks on there, like, you know, Ether and then uh, the Rewind Drain, as far as like concepts, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the Rewind Drain and then um, like One Mic, I mean, just like those, like those tracks and I mean, just like, I mean, just like the overall, um, it was another dream. Like the um, second childhood, because I mean yeah. that gritty ass um, primo production. Like the Dynasty Rock, like familiar. I really, I really, the reason I really kind of ding that one's because I feel like Jay Z tried to pass it off as more like a compilation as opposed to an actual solo joint. Yeah, take credit for your um your fecal matter here, sir. Like you know what I mean? Like just um <laughs> as opposed to. <laughs> 
Maybe we need to put a disclaimer because I might be getting a little bit too ignorant this episode. But um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't like. I mean, I mean, my thing is like, if Nas could take credit for Nostradamus, I mean, Jay should take credit for this, like not really being what it could have been. Like, so that's why I had to give it to Stillmatic. Mm. Okay. All right, so Damo, what about you? How did you score this? Actually, Rockin' Off Familia is one of my favorite albums mm. from Jay. Really? It's really it's one of it's one of my favorite five. You know, it's in my top five of his. Mm. I'm gonna have to look at it again, but I think it's 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 one of the ones that I do go back and listen to, just about as much as Reasonable Doubt. Mm. Okay. So what? It was kind of hard for me to judge this one. And I'm just listening to the, both albums. I'm not, uh, if, if I just wanted to go off of Ether, I would have went 10 9. <laughs> nah. Because hmm, <okay. laughs> that Ether gave it enough to make it go 10 9. Nah. But when I listened to the whole album, I went 10 9 J. Okay. Interesting take. And that was my score. I felt like Rock My Familiar was a better album altogether. I didn't feel like it. Nostradamus. I felt like he was trying to bring some of the young boys out, give them a little bit of shine. But his, you know, like I said, you know, talking about punches with lyrics, so his lyrics were still there. He felt like he still had the same comfort he had from like he wasn't under pressure of making an album like he was early in his career. You know, he got he on steady ground, so I felt like it was a good album from an album ten nine. That is an interesting take. I scored this 10-9 for Nas as well. To me, when I look at classic albums, I think Nas has for sure three surefire classics, certified classics. I think it's Illmatic, it was written, and Stillmatic. I think those are the ones that for sure are classics in my mind. And Stillmatic, I think, was an incredible album. So we talked a couple of weeks ago, we did LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out. That was his comeback album. This, to me, is Nas's comeback album. It really, he just had to remind yeah. niggas just how much of a god he was yeah. still on the mic, and it's, I agree with you. And you know the fact that the songs on there, Ether, got yourself a gun, you know, smoking, rewind. Your, I mean, so many different tracks. Second childhood, one mic, which is mm-hmm. we. How can we forget about that track, one mic? I remember being just mm-hmm. amazed when he did that track, the flyest with AZ, which is another one of my favorite comp. You know, uh, collabos between them. It's it's one of Nas's best albums, and I think that he definitely stepped up. And then production wise, everybody stepped up as well. I mean, and he went back to Primo, he went back to Les, he went back to Large Professor. So, and it, to me, that's what really brought the album back over the top. Dynasty Rock La Familia to me, I think, is a very good album. And I think with Jay and Biggs and Dame deciding to step up to go away from Primo, to go away from Ski, to go away from you know, the producers they used before in the past and then going and giving the Neptunes a chance to produce, which they gave them a smash, which Jay, you remember when we were in Morgan, how big that I I just want to love you song was. I mean, that was a huge song, but then to see the production by Kanye West for for that, this can't be life joint. That definitely Mm -hmm. is in my top 10 of Jay-Z tracks of all the tracks he's done all the time, because you got three great verses and that track that is just, ridiculous just blades with streets is talking you know the parking lot pimping the you know so it's i mean there's the there's me you sound like you want to give it a yeah but 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 here's the thing (laughs) there's still some songs on here 
that I think as far as deep cuts that bring this album down. And because it's a, it's a technically a Jay solo album, it's really a compilation, as you stated. It really has a lot of different guest spots on here. And I think that's where, when some of the guest spots, things start to fall. A Beanie Siegel had a big part in this album. A Beanie Siegel shined in every single verse on this joint. And this is where, one. so this is where when we talk about, we're not, think, this, you know what? And yeah. I think that's why I made it 10 now. Yeah. And so this is this is where I think we got the the fuel for that compared to beans you whack line for Nas and Ether. I think he definitely got the fuel from that from this <laughs> because Beans was in top form on this album. Mm-hmm. So the production but again some of the other tracks on here and there are 16 tracks on this. They could have taken two or three tracks on this and this might be considered one of Jay's classics to me, but it's not. And so for that, I give the edge to Stillmatic. So that's round number five. I scored it 10-9 for Nas. Damo scored it 10-9 for Jay. And Jay actually scored it. (laughs) (laughs) We have another 10-7 round in favor of Nas. So that's round number five. I think Mayweather Mayweather and Jay Pocket, man. This this, this sounds... This sounds like a Golden Boy production fight. Yeah, that's, that's so funny. All right, guys. So let's get so, so let's get into round number five, round number six. Excuse me. Number six. So on this round, we have Godsons by Nas, and we have The Blueprint by Jay. So particulars for each album: Godson released December thirteenth, two thousand two. This was runtime of 57 minutes and six seconds. The producers on this had The Alchemist, had Chucky Thompson, had Eminem, had Ron Browse, and Salam Remy. The Blueprint, come on, you know the particulars of this album already. Released September 11th, 2001. Hmm. With a runtime of 63 minutes and 25 seconds. The producers on this, Bank, Eminem, Just Blaze, Poke and Tone, Luis Resto, Kanye West, and Timbo. So here we are for round number six between Godson and Blueprint. So I'll start with uh, with you, Jay. What do you say? How did you score round number six between Godson and Blueprint, and why? Um, I actually gave this one. To, um, I gave this one to Jay Z, and I actually did honestly ten nine. Mm, okay. What like, you ten nine? I <laughs> okay, and, and and why? Why did you score it that way? Blueprint, I would say, I would have to put it up there as far as a classic status, as far as like Jay's albums, and even like everything going on with it. Because I mean, I, I don't think I mean this obviously wasn't a bar on the album, but Brown, you remember like maybe he kept saying like, yeah, one of the bars was like, yeah, my album dropped the same day as the Twin Towers, like mm-hmm. just like that element of everything going on. Matter of fact, I remember that day I bought the album. I was in the bookstore, like down to that dungeon of a bookstore we had in McKeldon. Yeah. Yeah, McKeldon, yeah. So bought the joint and then, like, took took it back to doing bumping, you know what I'm saying? It was, just, it was nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, it had Takeover on it, Girls, 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 and the joint, um, the joint you don't know, like, which I think is, like, one of Just Blaze's sickest beats ever. Like, mm-hmm. matter of fact, because I remember um, one time, and I don't know if you had this experience, Brian, like, you know what I'm saying, you're focusing in the military, but, like, when they go to the commissary to go shopping and all like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was like the, um, I would always make a beeline to the um, electronics section, and they just happened to be bumping the joint on KYS. Like how the joint just came through all those speakers at that. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you, you do, do, and it just goes. Psh, psh. I was like, yeah. That was like, I was like in a trance moment at that point. I was like, 
mm-hmm. I need this album like now. Like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's like right before I came back up to Morgan, you know what I'm saying? Go, to, you know what I'm saying? For um, school started. Uh, so along with that, Renegade, you know what I mean? Like, Song Cry was on there. Mm-hmm. Even the Ola Hovito joining. Yeah, H to the Izzo. I mean, I don't think it was any misses on this album, to be honest with you. Yeah. Nah. But then. I mean, I mean, then in contrast, I mean, like Godson, you know, Godson, I believe, came out like a year later. I mean, even the joint, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, people were like knocking Godson, like they weren't really feeling it, but I was rocking with, like, you know, the joint Get Down, hmm. The Cross, I mean, which kind of like, I don't want to say it was his debut, but like a show showcase kind of like Eminem actually producing the beat and then being a well rounded album, the other joint, I know I can. I mean, I know it's like more like an inspirational joint using the kids and everything like that, which was dope. But my joint on Godson, probably for me, like, would be my book of rhymes. Mm-hmm. I just thought that concept was just so insane. Like, you know, he's just flipping through his rhyme book, like, you know what I'm saying? Just like starting to say around like nah shit is become like, dude, what are you doing? Like keep that. Like Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the fuck like shit. Like I'd have been digging this trash can, like try, like bruh, like you need to put this back in your book. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, and the joint, um, yeah, if heaven was a mile away, what was it? Oh, the joint Thug's Mansion. Yeah, buddy. And of course I gotta Ooh. get to the pocket because of his verse and like you know, of course Pac had been gone for some years at this point, but then like to be rapping from the perspective of being in heaven. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you like really cemented yourself, like cause who Exactly. I mean, and it probably like probably could trip to his demise. You know, you say if you speak about death, death will come. And then, you know, what I'm saying for him to be like right there and to be, come out posthumously. I mean, just the whole concept of that night, the joint mama, as far as the emotional aspect, because I think he had just lost his mother around that time. Yeah, she did die. And, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just like the, it. I mean, and again, it wasn't really aiming to be like a party joint or whatever. It was like it was just showcasing different emotions and storytelling ability and just concept wise too. Because I mean. People sleeping. I mean, Nas got some like ill concept records. Like, I gave you power, book of rhymes, rewind. Like I was saying before, but like, I mean, just like, it just kind of like like just goes along with that. Yeah. Okay. So you scored that ten nine for Jay. All right. Well, Dama, what say you between round number six between Godson and the Blueprint? Round number six. Godson and Blueprint. I went ten eight. Hmm. Okay. Why? I feel like Blueprint is definitely one of Jay's classic albums. I felt like Godson was like not falling back off from off of Skillmatic. Hmm. Interesting. Like fell, he fell back down. Yeah, he gave us a couple of jokes on there. You're like, oh, yeah. But the whole album together, yeah, it's just I. Right. So, you know, you, you, know you, you, you get hit for having a good album before the next album. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I listen to Blueprint. Blueprint is the shit. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was one where I was like, you know what? Yeah, 10-8 Jay. Okay. So I scored a 10-8 for Jay as well. And it's not because I think Godson is a bad album. It's not. It's a, I think, a great album, actually. Um, no, actually, I scored this 10-9 for Jay. Excuse me. I think that Godson, while not a Nas classic, I think it is one of those albums that we consider to be a great album. Great tracks, of course. Like you said, Jay, Get Down, Made You Look by Salam Remy. I mean, my God. Oh, <laughs> that in the remix with Jay with Jada Kiss and with Luda. Um, yeah. I can, of course, you know, the great and the novel concept of that. It's a you know, very inspirational th- track for kids. The Book of Rhymes. Thug's Mansion might actually be my favorite track on here because I just Pox verse and then the first verse that Nas started saying that, you know, I'm capable of anything my imagination can bring. I mean, it's just 
you know, just being able to see. And it's like one of those things where you think about like, yo, if Nas and Pac had been beefing and where it is that, you know, they were looking to squash their beef right before Pac died, because as Nas tells the story, he saw Pac in New York right before the week before the fight in Vegas. And they actually sat down, not sat down, but they were together. Both they had people with them and Pac kind of approached Nas about something and Nas approached Pac and they was just like, yo, well, look, I don't know where you fuck you got that shit from, but like, yo, let's, how about we sit down and talk? So then Pac was like, I bet I'm going to be in Vegas next week for the Tyson fight. Come out, come talk to me. And he never got the chance. You know, that was really, I mean, again, and so, you know, the whole thing about dance and about heaven, but. When it comes to Blueprint, come on, man. Like this, <laughs> Jay knows this. This was like a soundtrack to our times at Morgan State University. Absolutely. Like, and this 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 track, this album came out the same t- day as 9-11. And it kind of mm-hmm. got swept up in the fact that it was the same day as 9-11. Like, it wasn't until a couple of days afterwards that you started to hear the sounds from this from people's dorms rooms and riding around campus because then people finally caught on. Oh, shit, Jay's album came out. This, to me, is one of Jay's classics albums. I mean, yeah. Never change, you know, H to the Izzo, Girls, Song Cry, Takeover, I mean, you know, Renegade, at Heart of the City. It's one of Jay's classics, man. This is one of those albums. It's just like, yo, I'll never get tired of playing this joint. And the production on there, man, between Kanye and Just Plays and Poke and Tone and Timbo, I mean... <clears throat> Come on, man. <laughs> you know, this is this is to me the reason why I scored it 10-9. I think if this was maybe any other album other than my 3J classics, which are Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint, and Black Album, that I think Nas wins that round. But he doesn't because this is one of Jay's classics. So that's why I scored it. So I scored it 10-9 for Jay. Also 10-9. Uh, you did 10-9, right, Jay, for this as well? For, right, for right. Jay, and then uh, also, Damo, you scored this once again. You said it where you had a 10-8, 10-8 for, uh, for yeah. Jay. Yeah. So, Jay wins that one. I don't think you're getting any argument for that. Well, and there you have it. Rounds one through six completed. Some pretty interesting takes, I'm pretty sure many of you will say right now. <laughs> As you can see, we definitely don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. The three of us did, but we had a lot of fun doing it. So that is the first part of Tale of the Tape between Nas and Jay-Z. We are going to get into part two in our next segment coming out very shortly. I want you guys, of course, to keep remembering to following the Vault Classic Music Reviews on all of our links. If you go to any one of our social media pages, you can check out our link tree that has all of our streaming sources and all of our social media pages. You can find that link tree in the bio in our social media. Again, you can get to us on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic facebook and youtube you can search the vault classic music reviews podcast make sure you like the page on facebook subscribe to the channel on youtube and check us out there and of course we love the interaction and we love to be able to hear the interaction of what you thought of the first part of tale of the tape Nas versus jay-z but the second one's coming up and i guarantee that you want to tune in to see exactly how this thing turned out so thank you once again for tuning in always support the vault classic music reviews podcast and y'all check us out on the other side in part two of Tale of the Tape. Peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.